Welcome to Founder's Journey. Uh, I am Josh Pigford, and um, this is my podcast thing that you're listening to. And this is about founders and the journeys that they are on. Um, what else? What else goes in an intro? I don't know. Maybe we should just jump in. Uh, this week's episode is about how to deal with competition, or or maybe you should not deal with competition. I don't know. Let's find out. So as an entrepreneur, uh, one of the biggest sources of stress that you have is likely your competition. Uh, it's easy to become really paranoid about uh, every move that your competition makes, every feature they launch, and every piece of content that they publish. Uh, everything, that, uh, everything that they're doing can kind of feel like it's aimed directly at burning down your castle. So how do you deal with that? Or do you even deal with it at all? Should you deal with it at all? Uh, let's have a little story time here. Back in 2008, I built a hosted ad serving platform. Publishers could sell, manage, serve ads, and then I'd take a cut. But shortly after it launched, like one week shortly, uh, Google launched Ad Manager, which is it's called something else now. But at the time, they launched this big thing called Ad Manager, uh, essentially solving the exact problem that I was out trying to solve. Uh, and all oh, this was crushing. Uh, a few weeks later, I decided to just sell it off and move on. And like the thought of competing with Google was depressing. Now, uh, a few years after that, in 2011, I built a survey platform. But unlike the ad serve serving industry, which uh, had virtually zero competition when I started, the, the survey industry was uh, and is overwhelmingly crowded. There were quite literally thousands of competitors. So what changed in three years? What mental barrier dropped that made me okay with going head-to-head with such a crowded industry? And some really big players like SurveyMonkey. I mean, when you, when you say like online surveys, who do you think of? SurveyMonkey, right? So um, the change was the understanding that competition does not matter. In fact, I'd go so far as to say you should completely ignore it. Now, is that a little dogmatic? Maybe. But I think the inverse of that is actually much more dangerous. Uh, it's so it's so easy to fall into the habit of checking up on what your competition's doing. You start checking their blog regularly to see if uh, if they've released any new features. You add their name in Google Alerts. You follow them on Twitter, all so you don't miss out on their next big move and how they're interacting with their customers. But here's the problem: doing this puts you perpetually one step behind. It makes you reactive instead of proactive. Uh, when you built your product, you built it because you were able to solve a problem in a unique way that other people weren't. Uh, when your customers signed up for your service, they did it because they also believed in the way that you were solving their problem. Now, once you start trying to feature match your competition, you're no longer solving, solving your customers' problems. You're solving your competitors' customers' problems. And chances are you're not even doing it that well. So stop solving problems for people who aren't your customers. Sure, you may have some feature parity with your competition, but when you build a feature and how you build it should only come from and be prompted by the needs of your customers. Now, I do think there's one instance here where it makes sense to pay some attention to competition, and that's when your own paying customers, and that's, I mean, that's the qualifier there. They need to be paying customers, start leaving for competitors. Namely, when you start noticing this happening regularly, it's important to do exit interviews with your customers to better understand exactly why they're leaving. Uh, and if they're switching to a competitor, you need to understand what it is about the way that your competitor is solving a problem that you aren't doing well. 
But you need to be careful here. You definitely don't need to build out new features solely to try and save a handful of customers. That may make for a tiny short-term game, but likely has uh, bad results in the long term with a bloated product that lacks direction. The key here is finding the commonality among all the customers who are switching to learn what exactly it is that you uh, may be able to improve on. Um, but here's what, here's what you really need, right? So what you and your customers need is focus, uh, having a strong belief in what you're building and how you're helping your customers ultimately results in a better product that solves real problems. Now you won't figure it all out right away. It takes years to build a solid product. Uh, and, and the way you solve business problems on day one will be vastly different from the way that you solve those same problems on day 1000. And in that time frame. Lots of competitors will come and go. You'll likely find yourselves heading down different paths the longer that you're in business, right? So uh, you and your competitors are incrementally improving your products and you're doing it in different ways. And uh, and as you go, you'll each kind of start, it's like forking really. I mean, like you you each kind of start heading down different paths and that's that's a good thing. And if you're in it for the long haul, as long as you're laser focused on solving your customers' problems and not your competitors' customers, you'll do just fine. Thanks for listening. That's uh, this episode. It's kind of a short one, which is good. I like short podcasts. Uh, you could two times the speed on this puppy and you'll be done. And let's see, we're at five and a half minutes, two minutes and fifth, no, 2.45 of math. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. If you like it or if you hate it, you could rate us on iTunes and that would make me happy inside. Um, if you have feedback on this, go to baremetrics.com slash blog and add your comment or shoot me an email, josh at baremetrics.com. Uh, if you use Stripe and you need some analytics on it, use baremetrics because uh, it'll make you happy and it will fulfill all your dreams or something. Thanks. Until the next time. Goodbye.